Dear Money, I'm so glad we made up. I'm sorry I was afraid of you. I felt unworthy. But now everything is great. You love me, I love you, and everything is moving forward so fast, so fantastically. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so glad we made up. Love, Laura. Hello, it is Laura Pereka. How are you? Let's make up with money, shall we? We need to make friends with money, and I am going to show you how in this episode. All right, here's the thing. It is about what's going on in your mind. It all starts with consciousness. When you were a child, people gave you a program, or two, or 20. And in those programs, they said things like, Do you think money grows on trees? Or we can't afford that. Or no, you can't have that. And those kind of things got stuck in our head. So now it is time to make up with money. Because believe it or not, everyone didn't get those programs in childhood. Some people got the programs that you are rich beyond measure. As a matter of fact, some kids are even named rich. (laughs) If your name is rich, you probably have an advantage financially over others even if it's just subconsciously. Speaking of your subconscious mind, that's where these things lie, and we need to change them consciously. That's the only way to get out of your unconscious unconscious incompetence. Are you ready? Let's go. Number one, be aware of your mind. What are your most common thoughts about money? Do you feel empathetic towards people who have money and people who don't have money? Or are you biased? Many people have a bias against wealthy people. It is in our culture. In America, most movies that are made make rich people out to be mean, stingy, and nasty, and uh, poor people out to be so sweet and wonderful and kind and giving. And yes, I have lived in poverty. I have lived in upper middle class. I have been around the block enough to know that People have a different mindset in different scenarios. And also, we project onto others what we think they will say or feel or think. For example, when I was a child, my mom used to say that rich people were bad. She called them straight, straight people, I guess, as compared to hippies. (laughs) Anyway, uh, straight people were not to be trusted. And when I grew up, I had to realize, wait a minute. People who have money or who have steady jobs and appear to be very straight-laced and rule-following and law-abiding citizens are not out to get me. Hold on, what's going on? And I had to reshape my thoughts. And I had to pay attention first to what it was that I was unconscious of. Now, that's not easy right? Because you have to look at what you can't see. (laughs) This is why we say you have to be aware of your mind. So right off the bat, what do you think of poor people? If you are judgmental and you think, oh, that nasty person doesn't work hard enough, that's their problem. Be careful, my friend. Be careful. Pay attention. Why do you feel that way? Why aren't you empathetic towards people that are in poverty? There's an uh, uh, election going on right now in America, and many people say, forget your feelings. You know, vote for your pocketbook where your money is, erroneously, because what makes the world go around is love. It is care and compassion. And when we lose that, we become bumbling robots who have no 
feelings and where are you without feelings and love and compassion so uh, take a look at what do you think about poverty now what do you think about wealthy people are they okay by you if they really are then you stand a better chance of being able to create your own wealth or maybe you already have maybe you're already wealthy if not you might want to take a look at what you think about rich people and you might want to change that opinion because guess what there are nice and there are nasty people in every class now you might say from your own experience the people in poverty are nicer and friendly and more generous and that's okay because other people will say from their own experience the people of wealth were nicer and kinder and more generous see it all depends on how you grew up and the way you grow grew up doesn't mean that that's the way it is around the whole world or even in the neighborhood next door to yours you can't use a tiny little sample to construct your world view let me say that again. Don't use a tiny little sample of your experiences to create a world view because the world is much larger. And if you are not so happy exactly where you are, then you might want to take a look at changing your views, your world views. The only way you can change the world is if you first change yourself. So you have to change that mental model. Now, let's take a look at how you feel when uh, someone around you is negative. If someone around you is negative, does that suddenly make you feel negative? Well, naturally, we all tend to get pulled down. We get sucked down by someone who's in a lower vibe than us. However, the true nirvana, the true enlightenment is when you can be unaffected by those around you with strong negative opinions. Now, I'm guilty of this. I try to not turn on the TV. I try to tell people, no negatives. I don't want to hear about all these health problems. I don't want to hear about how the nation's going to hell in a handbasket. Stop. Because it still affects me, sadly, I am not evolved enough to be able to hear all that crap and not uh, feel a little more negative. But that's okay. We're all on a journey. And wherever you are on that journey, the, the whole idea is to get to the next step, get to the next level. Don't try to get to the stars yet. Just try to get to the moon, okay? First we can get to the moon, then we can get to Mars, then we can get to the stars, right? So take it step by step. If someone's not nice to you and you have a bad reaction, it's okay. Just recognize it for what it is, which is not, oh, that's a horrible person. Instead, it's, oh, I'm able now to recognize that pushed my buttons. I need to work on it. Now, where are your buttons with money? If somebody says something to you about money, let's say you go out to eat with a friend and they expect you to pay, or they say, okay, you owe me, you know, $22.75 for your half. Do you have a strong reaction? If you do, take a look at it. Look, see what you see, not what someone else tells you to see, not what you've been programmed to see. What does it mean to you? And can you shift your perspective? Because we already know the answer is yes. Now, I'm going to give you a way to shift your perspective. If you'll recall, we started this episode with me writing a letter to money. And here's how you do it. To move up the scale, you want to move one step at a time. Have you ever been running towards a set of stairs, maybe when you were younger, and tried to clear several steps at a time? It's easy to jump every other step when you're young, but what, have you ever tried to clear like four steps at once? It's not easy, and if you fall, that just might hurt a little bit. But uh, 
an easier way, and we use that as an example, is to say, okay, I'll go really quickly, but I'll take every step instead of skipping them. Now, when you're young, you can skip them. As you get older, your knees get a little worn out and there's not as much pep in your step and it is harder. But you could go quickly one step at a time instead of trying to clear a bunch of steps. And that's what I'm asking you to do about money. So let's write a letter. You're going to need to get out a pen and paper and do this after we're done and then re-listen to this episode. Get out a pen, pencil or a pen and a piece of paper and write a letter to money. Be honest. How do you feel about money? <clears throat> and then we're going to write a new letter as if you felt a little better about it. If you felt just a little bit better, how would that letter go? And then if you felt just a little bit better, so we're going to write several letters to help you move one step at a time up the ring. And if this takes you time, maybe a week or two or a month or several, that's okay. You can write where you are now. You can even start by writing where you were when you hated money, (laughs) when you thought it was unfair. Some people have more than others. It is unfair, right? I worked so hard and I lost money in that venture. That's unfair, right? Instead, let's, let's, move forward. So we can start back there if you want to. I'll give you an example. Are you ready? I know you are. (laughs) Okay. Dear money, I am not worthy of you, I guess. If I was, I'd have more of you. If I was, you'd be here to comfort me and help me when I'm at my worst. But I guess I just don't deserve you. Now, a step up from that might be Dear money, I hate the way you control my life. I hate the way I can't buy the food I want, do the things I want, have the fun that I want. Ugh, it's all because of you, money. It's your fault. Now you might think, how could that letter be better than the first one? But the truth is, apathy and despair is lower on the emotional scale, on your vibe tone scale, than anger. Believe it or not, anger is a step up because it is actually getting you riled up in wanting to do something. See, when you're in a state of apathy and you're not even willing to do anything, that's like right before death. Have you ever looked at someone really old as they progress in age and in getting closer to death and dying, they get less capable, less willing to strive I remember my own father had cancer and he was working so hard to fight it. Then he had another sort of cancer. And the day that they told him that the experimental medicine that they were going to give him was not uh, passed by the government, it was not accepted. He could not have that experimental medicine. He lost all hope. And when he was down in apathy, he died. He died the next day. It was hope that was keeping him alive those last few weeks. Hope that he could get that medicine. And once that hope was gone, he sunk into apathy and what was left, you know, what was left? There was no hope left. And then he died. So that is further down on the scale than anger. Anger is higher. You would better be rather to be angry than uh, so sad that you're not willing to do anything to change your circumstances. All right, we're moving up the ladder. Your next letter might be something like this. Dear money, you don't control me. I'm going to control you. I decide how to spend you. I decide how I'm going to invest you. I learn from others that do control you. Watch me, money. Love, Laura. Did that sound any more empowering than the two letters to money prior? I hope it did. (laughs) All right, here's another one because we don't want to think it's all about getting Uh, angry, right? Here's a higher level. 
Dear money, I'm a little bored with you. You no longer push my buttons. You know, I trust the process. I'm doing well. I know that I'll be able to do better. I have faith in the process and in my ability to learn and do better. Therefore, I am kind of bored with you, so get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Who knew that was higher? All right, let's try another. Are you having fun with this process? I am. Dear money, <laughs> you clever devil, you are a friend, not a foe. Who knew? All this time I was thinking you were a foe. You were someone to be combative with and... Lo and behold, you are my friend, you clever little devil. Get over here and let me give you a hug and a kiss. I am so happy that I have figured this out. Love, Laura. Now, we could get into talking about that level because that is a fantastic place to be with money. But let's go a little further, shall we? Dear money, what a fun game. I'm so glad we're playing together. This is strategic I never lose. I am going to play this game with you. And if I do lose this one, I don't care because I'll play another game with you. Because guess what? It's all a game. I'm having fun. I'm getting stronger and wiser. Money, thank you for playing along with me as I grow and improve. Love, Laura. Now, did that feel more empowering? (laughs) Yes, it did. It did for me. And I hope you're getting the hint of this. You're getting the gist of this and how you can move up the ring. And you don't have to just do it with money. You can do it with love. You can do it with relationships. You can do it with your position at a job. You can do it with your relationship to food. You can do this. You can control what's going on by moving up the ladder with your emotions. Because remember, we've been programmed as a child and we tend to just accept those, but awareness is recognizing it, becoming more conscious, and then taking the steps to move up. Move, we're moving on up, (laughs) right? Okay, here's another one. Dear money, it wasn't you all along. It was me. It was what's going on between my ears. I'm so glad we are good friends, Money. I am so glad that I realized all this time everything I've ever blamed on you or the lack of you or the uh, crazy things that have gone on in relation to you or the things that I've stopped myself from doing or being or having because I thought it had to do with money. I'm so glad now that I realize (laughs) it wasn't you. It was me all along. Love, Laura. I hope that you can take this. Now rewind, listen again. Do your own work because I can't do the work for you. Do your own work. And by the way, one way to help you do your work is to communicate better. So I hope you've gone to 7dailyhabits.com and signed up for my newsletters and my 21 communication tips so you can be better at communicating. Now, you've got to spend the time doing the work, but when you do, I guarantee that the awareness you create for yourself, the better consciousness you have, will help you have a better relationship with money. And you can do this with other things as well. Do it with food. Do it with your weight. Look at your belly, which you have given a hard time 
If you're like the rest of us, in, in America we call it SAD. The standard American diet is SAD. So you have to actually be counterculture to eat healthy and feel vibrant and alive and have energy to do all the things you want to do. Uh, so you have to actually go against the grain, against the commercials, go to the grocery store and actually, actually make up with food. Make up with healthy, vibrant food that is alive, that keeps your body going, that is meant to fuel you just like gasoline for a car. And you can start writing those letters, starting with the worst one of dear health or dear body or dear food. You know, you can come up with, oh my, I get goosebumps thinking of it because I have friends who are dealing with this worse than I am. And when I would go over to a certain friend's house and say, uh-oh, I put on a few pants, my, uh, a few pounds, my pants are tight. She would say, don't you know, every time I look in the mirror, I feel like crap. I feel the same way. I feel apathetic. Like, what can I do? And it alerted me to the fact that, wow, it really is all that's between our ears. It's, it's what's going on with our relationship with things. All right, so have a great time with this. Get back to me and let me know how did it go. I need to hear from you, my friend. I would love to hear from you. Write to me, laura at sevendailyhabits.com. That is the number seven, not the word. I want to know how you're doing. And give me ideas for future episodes because I'd love to do what you want to learn about. That's my, my life, my joy is to teach. So let me teach. <laughs> Listen to Lara. Bye-bye.